Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me are Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from Dogs 24-7. Big news, Georgia gets a commitment. Four-star offensive lineman Chad Lindbergh. Uh, Sam Pittman does it again, goes out to Texas, another out-of-state stud. Georgia brings him in, and, and it's a huge one, and we've got, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a huge recruiting weekend for Georgia this past weekend. Rusty and Kip are going to give their takes on that. Uh, we're going to talk about Kendall Milton and his announcement on Monday. And we're also going to end the show with a little bit of talk about uh, preseason camps and things I'm looking for there. Uh, a few things as, as that's coming up on Thursday, August 1st. Uh, but before we get to anything else, guys, uh, how, how, first of all, Rusty, how big is this Chad Lindbergh commitment? Uh, he seems to me to be exactly what Sam Pittman wants in, a, in an offensive lineman. Yeah, if you read the quote in the story, I thought, you know, one of the best quotes in a long time, maybe in a commitment story, he said, listen, I feel like I seem to have solved a lot of problems in the Georgia recruiting meetings. They're not recruiting a lot of guys, and by them getting me, uh, they're getting one of the guys they recruited the hardest. So I thought that was good. I thought it was a great quote from him. I thought it said a lot. Georgia is not recruiting a lot of guys. Sam Pittman was not recruiting a lot of guys to be in this class because Let's face it, he's hit on most of his top targets. You take away Andrew Rame, um, you know, you look at this deal and and who truly, truly Sam Pittman has been after, and he's he's hit probably 90, 95%. And, and with Lindbergh, uh, just another big piece of the puzzle. But I like that quote on him. It says, like, he solved a lot of problems that Georgia could have had in those recruiting meetings and uh, tells me in layman's terms, spots are tight. That's that's absolutely true. I mean, there's just no other way to to look at it. I mean, you you look across the board at all different positions, and and the group of guys that you get the sense they'll take a commitment from is small. It's really small. And, and you know, this past weekend, Georgia had the opportunity to host guys for the first time since what was it, July 24th. Uh, I mean, it's just, and it's the only time they're going to have until September because we're about to go into another dead period. There's no home game to start the season like a lot of teams are getting. So Georgia won't be able to recruit on campus. You know, won't be able to see guys face to face again until September. And uh, had a huge weekend. Kirby Smart gets in there on the slip and slide. You know, gets a chance to to have a little fun there. Show shows kind of his uh, jovial side. We don't always get to see that in the media, but that's okay. Uh, but Kip, you did a tremendous job once again of getting these guys on the phone, of of talking to guys, and, and there are three main guys you talk to. And the first one I want to start with is a guy that's been trending in Georgia in his two four seven Sports Crystal Ball, uh, Arian Smith. What, what what's the vibe from him? What what did you get pick up from him from talking to him? Well, first off with Arian, I mean, it's it, it's a guy that is recently just kind of exploded uh, on the scene as a guy to be taken, you know, seriously in Georgia's recruiting, you know, for the class. So a lot of people thought maybe, you know, Georgia's got three wide, wide receivers, you know, on board. You know, they got Corey Rand, they got Justin Robinson, they got Mar- Marcus Rosemey. You know, that base need in the class has kind of been, you know, they, they've established, they filled, you know, overall what they need. But, I mean, you look at Arian, you know, he's a, gosh, elite level speed maybe the most explosive player in in the country in in this class and it's a guy that you know we kind of heard behind the scenes that georgia had gotten some momentum for you know over the last month making him a priority uh you know scott fountain has done an incredible job as the area recruiter there just developing that relationship with him and 
you know, we, 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 you know, had the news that he was going to be visiting this weekend. It's huge for Georgia just to continue that momentum. And, you know, talking to Arian, it seems like, you know, it went really well. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the overall event, you know, just making it a relaxed atmosphere and, and just giving them that chance to kind of just get to know the coaching staff and get to know each other, you know, the other recruits there. I think it really hit well with Arian. And it seemed like, you know, the one thing that he wanted to know when he got on campus was that he was still a priority for them, even though they had the three guys committed at wide receiver. And I think that's what he kind of walked away from this weekend, uh, feeling pretty, you know, confident in is that Georgia still wants him on board in the class. You know, they're in it for him and, and they plan to continue to recruit him strongly, you know, over the over the the rest of his recruitment. I think you look at the the other teams in his top group, you know, Auburn and Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, they're all gonna be strong contenders. You know, get them on campus probably during the season. But uh I think when he talks about them recruiting him and his mother as well. Uh, I think he he mentioned to me that Georgia's doing as well a job as anyone. I think uh, we've learned, you know, with the over thirty years of covering recruiting between the three of us, I think we've learned, you know, if you if you win the mom, you're you're usually in a pretty good spot when it comes to recruiting. No doubt. Identify the decision making unit and 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 build that relationship, and that's that's always huge. Whether it's mom, grandma, dad, whatever. And uh, recruiting the parents is just as hard as recruiting the kids. What was, what was your impression from talking with Darnell Washington? I know that Alabama was kind of the perceived leader there. He didn't. I don't think he mentioned Alabama in his top three um, necessarily, or maybe top three recruiting them the hardest. I'm, I can't recall there exactly what was said. But what 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 did you kind of read from him? Yeah, I mean, uh, just as with uh, with uh, Arian Smith, uh, the wideout out of Lakeland, Florida. You look at the. Darnell Washington, five-star uh, athlete out of Las Vegas, uh, a top 10 prospect in the country on the 24-7 sports composite. Can't really, you know, overstate how huge it was for Georgia to get them on campus. I mean, there were a lot of schools battling to get these kids on campus. As you said, this was kind of the one open weekend before we just get start getting ready for the season. So just Georgia getting on campus was huge. Uh, you know, that interview was interesting. Uh, Darnell's, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. Um, you know, usually you either have to get him in person, you know, or hope for the best. And it was it was great getting him on the phone. And it was a very revealing interview to me in my eyes. I thought that, you know, I started asking him about, you know, who's doing a good job recruiting you? You know, what, who, who, where does Georgia stand coming off the visit? And, and as you said, uh, his response to that was was very intriguing with him saying, he started out by saying, you know, maybe they're in my top two, maybe they're in my top one. You know, he didn't want to give out too much. Uh, but then he started mentioning schools, Georgia, Tennessee, Miami, and followed up by saying, I think those are my top three. Uh, you know, yeah, that'd be really interesting if Alabama is not in that top group. I don't think they're going to go away that as easily, you know, as that quote may make it seem like I don't I would not count the crimson tied out with his recruitment still very interesting comment you know we're talking about a guy that's over six foot seven 260 pounds I think uh Todd Hartley has made it very clear he wants to get two tight ends in this class and he's trying to get the best two possible 
You know, Darnell Washington is definitely in that discussion. When you start talking top two, three, tight end, you know, just overall upside in this class, it's hard not to mention him. Uh, Todd's already done a great job recruiting him, recruiting the, you know, just the Las Vegas in general. Uh, he's done a great job in that area, known, you know, known very well in that area from his time at Miami. And I think you got to come away from this thinking Georgia's in as good a position as they could possibly hope to be with Darnell Washington right now. I think that this weekend was a huge hit, uh, you know, with him. And they have to be really, I don't want to use the word confident, but, you know, cautiously optimistic is the term I would use because one thing it is clear with Darnell is that while Georgia, I couldn't even put, you know, maybe they're number one right now heading into the season, but he's not at that stage yet. He's not in decision-making mode right now. He's still, you know, enjoying the process, hasn't really started thinking about where he's going to sign right now. So Georgia has to also know that this is uh, they got to be locked in for the long game here with him going into the season. They're going to get him back on campus for the Notre Dame game for the, you know, official visit. And that's really when they want to, you know, kind of seize the moment there and, and kind of, you know, try to lock things up and and get them on board. But I think right now, you know, heading into August, uh, you have to be ecstatic if you're Todd Hartley, but also uh, nervous if you're Todd Hartley. You need to sign two, and he's in great shape with with probably his top three targets in the class. Uh, but you have to get those guys on board and signed in the end, and so he knows his work is not done. You know, probably the guy I would maybe point to is the of all the guys left on the board as the most interesting, the one that I as the most feel like he has a chance to meet his potential at the position is the third guy we're going to talk about, Keely Ringo, kid out of Arizona, five-star cornerback. I, I am sky high on this kid. I, I, I love defensive back play. I love studying it and reading into it and everything, and I think he is an absolute stud. What what was to kind of wrap this up here, this part of it? I want to break in right here. I'm, I'm going to be rude, and I'll say this before Kip answers this. Go along with that. Yeah. I confirmed with several sources that Keely Ringo worked out for Georgia staff on Friday. That tells you what type of dude he is. So so they did kind of have like a competitive camp type setting thing on uh, Friday. Kids that came in, okay, some right. of the, and some of them don't have to, but they sure. had one camp day left. They had one day left in their calendar, so they used it on Friday. Saturday was only entertainment, unofficial visit type hosting. But Friday, I was told that Keely Ringo and Corey Wren both worked out, and her day both can fly. That see now that like you said that makes that yeah. makes you like a guy even that much more as a prospect because they come in they're not looking to really as much prove themselves to the coaches. They've got offers. They know they can commit. They took it as an opportunity to get better. That's right. And that's that's I mean that's invaluable. I mean those guys who are trying to get better at every turn are, are that's just huge, and it's just an opportunity to test themselves. So that's I mean okay another feather in Kelly uh, Keely Ringo's hat because I'm, I definitely you know am, am very high on his ability. Kip, what what did you kind of pick up from him? Uh, from talking with him because it really does seem like Georgia's kind of been the team trending and 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 in the best spot there for quite a while. Yeah, I think, you know, what I walked away from my interview with, with Kelly Ringo is, is that I think nothing's changed. I think it's status quo right now where things stand with Georgia, but I think that's a, that's a great place to be in. I think, you know, he Georgia has gotten him on campus now four times this year. 
Uh, you know, and, and again, like, as you said, you know, he's coming from Arizona. He has the ability to travel, you know, with his with his mom's job and everything, working, uh, I believe, with with an airline. But huge, piece, huge piece of the puzzle right there. It's still impressive. I mean, Georgia's still you still got to get the kid on campus and they're, and they're doing it over and over again. You know, he was there for G-Day in April. He made his first visit in January. He came back for the scavenger hunt, you know, and now. He he came in for for this this uh this last recruiting event of the summer for Georgia, and I think that's helped him just develop that relationship with the coaching staff, not just you know Charlton Warren, you know also Dan Lanning, also Kirby Smart, you know also the assistants, the support staff, and, and also the the other prospects, you know the guys that are committed and the guys that he knows Georgia's making a priority. He's become close with, and and I think that's. Really helped put George in a great spot with him, you know, heading into the season. You know, he's not naming leaders right now. He's not going to tell you whether he's preparing to make a silent commitment or not or when he wants to do that. But he does admit to me, he, you know, I visit there a lot. So, yeah, they're high with me on my board right now. I've established that comfort level with them. And, you know, I keep coming back there for a reason. And I think that uh, – that, you can't ask for anything more if you're Charlton Warren. I think that they've they've set the bar really high for other teams, whether that's Texas, you know, the other programs that, that are in his, his top group. I think the bar's been set really high, and I think that uh, you got to love this secondary class, you know, that, that Georgia has a chance to get. You pair him up with a guy like Jalen Kimber, I mean, that that's probably as athletic as you can get. And the and with size, you know, in spades as well, which obviously Kirby Smart loves in his secondary guys that can play anywhere, any position out there, give them that flexibility to to give uh, different looks out there. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you could make the argument that all three of these guys uh, that that we're discussing on, on this on the podcast, Georgia could be number one for right now. You know, so the fans they see these events, they just want to see commitments. You know, on the board, Georgia picks up a commitment from a guy that wasn't even on campus this weekend, hasn't even been, you know, in Athens since that May 31st official, I believe. Uh, but it's still the guys that haven't gotten on the commitment list yet. We're going to be talking about these guys, you know, during that early signing period on National Signing Day when we're talking about Georgia's class. This is going to be one of those weekends we talk about as being, you know, a huge part of how Georgia built this class, which is shaping up to be another top three, top five class. You know, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like building a house, you know, nobody, nobody really knows who dug the footer uh, of a house. They just know who framed it and finished it up. I mean, you, it's, it's, this is the same thing. You don't really understand the groundwork in, in terms of the visits and they don't, these visits that don't produce direct commitments on them, they don't get a bunch of pub, but they're just as important as anything else, maybe more important than, than a lot of other things that happen in the commitment. And so that's, that, that's how these things work. And, and, you know, obviously a lot of that work was done this weekend and, and really appreciate you, um, you know, grabbing all that information for us on Sunday. Uh, Rusty, one thing that, that just hit me that we kind of forgot to do, I feel like with Chad Lindbergh, and we've never had a chance to do this on a podcast, so I'm really excited for an opportunity to do this. Behind the scenes, what what happened there with Chad Lindbergh? Give us a few things that that kind of the timeline there. 
Well, uh, the first uh, contact really was Thursday morning from Mike Roach, our new Texas recruiting guy. I'm looking at my phone now, and that was a DM message around 10.32 a.m. on Thursday morning and said, hey, I'm hearing some rumors that he may have committed to Georgia. And uh, he checked back with Chad, according to him, and Chad kind of shot that down to time, so not really knowing what was going through the young man's head. But So around 3.44 on Thursday afternoon, my first contact with Chad and his family and um, kind of rolled from there. So Thursday afternoon, behind the scenes, kind of knew that he was going to commit to Georgia, didn't know when he was going to do it. So on Friday morning, I believe, the decision was made to do it Sunday night. Uh, Just being honest, he asked me if 7 p.m. was a good time. I said, yes, that's if you're wanting eyes and, you know, a Sunday afternoon, that's a good time. And um, so they decided as a family to do it on Sunday at 7 p.m. So, you know, and when you do these and you talk to these kids and they, you know, they tell you, I'm going to give you my story to break it. But a lot of these kids are saying, hey, you know, because at that time on Friday at this time, it's 100 percent still, I believe, crystal ball to Texas. So at the time, when it's when I get the agreed to we're going to do the story and break it on Sunday, you know, they always say, look, just don't make a crystal ball until right before. And I'm okay with that, you know. And uh, But I will say this, and I told him this. I said, listen, if you tell anybody, it's going to get – somebody's going to talk. My opinion is I believe Chad told the schools that were not, uh, not going to get him and Things start leaking from there, but I will say this, that I did not talk to Kip about this. Kip got his own information when he made his crystal ball pick. It was funny because Kip made his pick around noon on Sunday or Saturday. Well, at, I'm looking at my phone at 1246 on Sunday or Saturday. I told Kip, I said, hey, we got the Lindbergh story. We're good for tomorrow night. So Kip had already made his pick. He had his information uh, from his fight. And then Wolfong, Steve Wolfong, you know, he made his pick, the very first pick to Georgia. He got his information from wherever he got it from. So he didn't get it from me. I stuck to my word, but everybody has sources. So that's just kind of the way, you know, behind the scenes, that's the way things have to work. I've always worked that way. Kip's worked that way. You've worked that way. When you had something, you just have to protect it. So it's kind of how it all snowballed. Now, as it got into Sunday, everybody probably were leaning toward, yeah, this kid's going to Georgia. They just didn't know when he was going to do it and what time he was going to do it. He's going to do it on Sunday. He's going to do it whenever. Uh, but, but it's kind of crazy how you look back at the timeline and how it unfolded. Because Friday about midday, I think when he made the calls, it didn't take long. Friday afternoon, uh, things got out and the crystal ball started making a turn. And and I kind of tipped him. I said, listen, you know, this is what's going to happen. Uh, but it's not coming from us. So he was a great kid. I got a great story we'll run on Dogs 247. Interview his mother. Uh, it's pretty telling. Um, and I'll be honest with you. She wanted him to Texas until basically Chad said, George is the place for me. And then she stood behind her son. But she has an older he has an older brother. This at Texas, uh, Chad has made the decision very similar to Cade Mays, that very similar to 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 uh, Tate as well. Chad grew up a Texas fan, very close to the campus, knows those commits, knows those families. End of the day, thought Georgia was the best fit for him. I mean, you just can't say enough about Sam Pittman. Yeah, I mean that's what I was about to say. Uh, you know, there's there's something all three of those guys have in common, and they were all recruited by Sam Pittman. I mean, this guy's. This guy's trying to break up families here. I mean, it's. I mean, I mean, obviously jokingly, but I mean, you know, getting guys like that to to, to commit to come to your school and play to kind of break a little family tradition there to 
to go against kind of what they've grown up doing. I mean, you must you must have a special way to 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 create relationships. And I know, I mean, I've even got some. I even hit Kip up. I think it was Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Saturday morning, maybe Friday morning. You know, I saw the crystal balls from Wilt Fong. I had checked with some sources on, you know, a little closer to UGA's end, and I knew there was some confidence. I felt like, you know, they they felt like he was a take, but there was some uncertainty there. Uh, so sometimes you kind of get the whole mealy mouth kind of, you know, half-hearted thing going on there, but you can kind of read the tea leaves. Like, you know, if it's a no, it's a no. If it's a yes, you can get all sorts of different answers. And so I got some of those all sorts of different answers. But a huge pickup for Georgia, I feel like. Definitely, I mean, for the top 22 offensive tackles in the country, uh, Sam Pittman ha- has brought in in this class and and uh, still not done on the offensive line necessarily. I mean, I know they'd like to add Cedric Van Pran and some other guys. So there's definitely a lot of work uh, left to do in this class in general and still some that Sam Pittman uh, probably wants to get done as well. Yeah, I love what Leonard right. brings to the table, man. He's got great size, can play guard and tackle. That's really what makes him stand out to me. He's, he's a guy that's over 6'6", 320 pounds, can play guard and tackle. I think that that checks all the boxes off for Sam Pittman offensive lineman uh, from what we've seen the last couple of years. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, like, you, you hit the nail on the head. He's the prototypical as far as size goes is exactly what he wants. And, and you, you've seen him take those tackles, move them inside the guard, you know, and, and do those types of things. And having those combo guys is invaluable. It's so much easier to take a guy that can play tackle and, and move him from tackle to guard. It creates depth, playing different positions and things like that. And Sam Pittman is very, very big into that. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right, moving on here to Kendall Milton. Okay, now now all three of us are kind of going to give our take on this. I'm going to have a little bit different view uh, than Rusty and Kip because I'm going to kind of come at this from more of the team angle. But we'll start with uh, we'll start with you, Rusty. Mm-hmm. What Kendall Milton decides uh, Monday night uh, between Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and Ohio State? Is Correct. there another school in there? Uh, that's it, I think. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, so big time running back, big time size. You know, not as high, highly ranked as he was, you know, going into the opening, but still a highly ranked kid. What would his commitment mean to Georgia in, in your eyes? Tremendous amount of buzz because of regardless of and listen, we're 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 picking between Ferraris here. You, you know, we talk about this every week. You take Zach Evans out of it, and there's about five guys that are really, really, really good running backs to me, and that's Kendall Milton, a uh, bigger type body guy. It's just the amount of buzz because it seems like to me, I remember standing at G-Day, and, and Jake, you remember right before G-Day, right before kickoff, it started raining. Right. And the recruits are out there, and I was like, golly, this is a bad time for this to happen. Uh, but I remember, you know, Paris Johnson and Tate Ratledge and uh, Keely Ringo and, and a few of those guys all kind of and, – and, and MJ Sherman all kind of hovering around. Well, you know who was holding court right there it was Kendall Milton. He's a very, very liked recruit 
if Georgia can land him, not only is he what he is on the field, this guy is going to immediately, immediately, you see him on social media, immediately start recruiting for Georgia. Tate Rattledge and MJ Sherman have kind of been those guys, but Kendall Milton is a guy I think can be an alpha recruiter as well. So you look at all the pieces of puzzle. You can pick apart his game. You can pick apart his 40 time. You can like him. You could say he's overrated. You could do whatever. He's going to be a really, really, really big piece of the puzzle for George in his class for a lot of reasons, but one that won't be getting written about as much as how much he can recruit if Georgia can land him on Monday night. Gip, well, what's your take on this one? How how how, how big would the Kendall Milton commitment to Georgia uh, be in your eyes? I mean, it's definitely big news. I mean, just look at the – Look at the running back situation moving forward and how big of a priority that is. I mean, we all know DeAndre Swift's going into that that junior season um, and the expectations are high. If he has the type of year that he's hoping and Georgia's hoping, and then this might be his final season at Georgia. Very well could be. And, you know, and it's definitely going to be the final season for, for Brian Herron. This is his last year of eligibility. So right there, you got – two major contributors that are, might not be on the team, you know, in 2020. That position has uh, been a major focal point of Georgia's offense under Kirby Smart. I don't expect that to change under James Coley or anytime soon. So, obviously, in this cycle, you know, Del McGee needs to get two guys. And, you know, Kendall Milton, I've seen him at the opening now. You know, I saw him in person. I was impressed by his hands. Uh, I, I'm not too worried about a 40 time. You know, he's a guy that's pushing 230 pounds. Uh, you know, if you're running sub, I guess, 4'8", you're doing fine at 230 pounds. You know, uh, 6'2", 229, uh, you know, well-built and, and agile. Can make defenders miss. Did a great job at that in the cat and mouse drills out there at the opening in a very, you know, small uh, area of the field. You, 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 you know, you don't have a lot. The, the linebacker knows it's just you and him. He's focused on you. He's got – he can pick his angle, and, and he made guys miss out there. So that showed me all I needed to know about Kendall Milton. If Georgia can land him, then Del McGee's, you know, he's made a huge step in, in filling that need and – and getting a guy that can be that workhorse back for you, you know, in that pro-style downhill offense. A guy that can, again, catch passes out of the backfield, run between the tackles, break tackles, make defenders miss. Uh, I think that, you know, there's not much more you could really ask for if if uh, you're Georgia. And, and if you're Kendall Milton, and if he does pick Georgia, you got to be excited overall just looking at that offensive line that Sam Pittman's building. And, and it's the type of offensive line that can make, you know, a running back look very good and very productive. And we saw that last season, you know, the last two seasons, you know, having multiple thousand yard rushers, you know, four different guys have rushed for a thousand yards for Georgia in the last two seasons. And and that's, that's never happened before. So, you know, if, if you're Georgia, you have to be, you know, excited about the, the possibility of getting Kendall Milton and, and, he has a chance to be very productive in that type of offense. And, and, you know, if you're Dell, you get one, if you get one in the boat, it, it gives you, 
it makes it that much easier for you recruiting moving forward. You know, you can you can focus on the Tank Bigsby's, the Zach Evans, the Marshawn Lloyd's of the class. You can sleep a little bit easier at night knowing that you have one guy in and, and, and you can get that teammate for him, that the, the the duo that they're pitching to all these guys and they've been pitching for the last couple of cycles of having two talented guys kind of split the load, keep each other from, from getting too banged up and both be highly productive. I, I go back to, uh, and I know I you know got a lot of redneck stories here, but I go back to my uncle. When I go deep sea fishing with my uncle, we get the first fish in the boat, and he says, all right, boys, we ain't going to starve. So that's that's kind of it. I mean, that's that's what he means to this class it, it, at the at the DNA level is Georgia's got one back if he commits tomorrow. And that's huge. That is absolutely huge for Georgia. And that's one guy I'm going to I'm going to take a smaller, a little bit different angle. I'm going to go back to what Kirby Smart said on the first day of the early signing period when he said Kenny McIntosh. We was talking about Kenny McIntosh. He said he's six foot, 220 pounds. We don't have a guy like that on our roster. Well, I look at. You know, Kendall Milton, he's 6'2", 6'1 and a half, 229 pounds. And those are the types of guys. And listen, if this kid ran a 4'3", or a 4'4", he would be talked about like the next Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, Herschel Walker, Derrick Henry, you name it. And those guys don't come around every day, okay? Like those guys just don't. Maybe he develops into that kind of guy, but if he's not and he's close if he's knocking on the door he's plenty good enough to be a dominant sec back those guys did things that most people haven't done and most people won't do so uh but but i love the fact that he's so big he's going to be running behind that big offensive line i mean you want to talk about making some teams quit you you line them up and you make them have to beat the block of a 330 pound man in front of them and when they get when they beat that block their reward is having to tackle a two a 230 pound running back with a full head of steam I mean eventually that's going to break the will of a lot of different football teams and and I think that's what Georgia wants that's what they're reaching for now that's not to say you know obviously Georgia recruited James Cook Zamir White's not a huge back I mean he's five eleven six feet. 215 220 pounds but but he's not you know massive he he's got some explosiveness and some shiftiness to him deandre swift is another example i mean georgia's after kendall milton and tank bigsby and while those guys you know big in their own right they're they're kind of more in the mold of of your sony michelle's and your nick chubbs and things like that and those guys were real physical but my point is is when you have that big back that just is constantly leaning on you four or five six yards four or five six yards it's it's going to make what they do on the ground that much more effective. And that's why I think he's such a big recruit in this class, uh, but because he he's just a different style back than the rest of the guys. He's he's you know, you pointed out the shiftiness, you you know, Rusty, you pointed out the what it what it means to in recruiting. But but I go down to what he kind of brings to this offense and what he can do. Uh, in in terms of you know just just pushing guys around he, even in space you catch pass in space catch pass in the flat you're matched up one on one on a nickel corner or a safety and that guy's just not real fired up to try to tackle you at 230 pounds and and uh, Kendall Milton kind of brings that element uh, to your offense going to wrap this thing up real quick uh, you know but first going to talk about preseason camp Georgia starts preseason camp on Thursday. August the 1st, not sure what the media schedule is going to be, not sure if we're going to get a media day that day. Then they've got uh, a fan day on August 3rd. Now, typically in the past, that's been an open practice. We haven't had the indication that that's going to be an open practice, especially with everything going on in the indoor. Hopefully, we will get to see the whole practice there, but doesn't look like it. I would guess no at this time. 
Uh, but that is also the day that we normally get a chance to talk to coordinators and, and hopefully we'll get a chance to speak to James Coley and, and Dan Lanning. And that brings me to a couple points. One, Dan Lanning, James Coley, very interested to see how preseason camp goes with those guys. Um, I think that's one of the biggest storylines going into the season. Uh, you know, not necessarily um, as interesting on the defensive side with it, you know, Kirby Smart's fingerprints being all over this defense. But but definitely see this uh, on this offense is, is uh, an opportunity for Georgia to kind of reinvent themselves in some ways and to do some things differently. And James Cole is going to have his challenges with the receivers. That's another thing we'll be watching closely. Outside of that, the star position. Uh, Devod Wilson, Mark Webb, William Poole, Tyreek McGee, all of those guys going to be in the mix there. Georgia's got a safety net there in Tyreek McGee if they have to go to him. He's proven to be serviceable at that spot. But Georgia has a chance to really upgrade at that spot, and I'm very interested to see who's going to win that job, as well as the right right what's guard your, job with Ben, with ben Cleveland and Cade uh, uh, Mays. What's that, Rusty? What's your prediction on the star position? I, you know, my prediction is I'm, I'm going to cop out here. I'm, I'm going to. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a different guy, maybe yeah. weekly. I think it's going to be who has the best week of practice because it's a position where you can get guys reps. And maybe one guy gets the star position one week and the other guy gets to come in and play star for or money on 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 the dime downs. I think Mark Webb's probably gonna play that money position with all of his experience. So whoever if he does if he does win the nickel position, I think somebody comes in and he moves over to that sixth defensive back position on third down. But um, I like Mark Webb's chances of winning it because I think he's been around long enough and been practicing long enough, but I don't think Devod Wilson's going to be kept off the field either. So I, I do think that week by week, you, we're going to see a situation where Georgia is going to go with the guy who had the best week of practice because that's the way Kirby believes uh, things should be is, is, you know, guys practice how they play and, and he's big into that. And I think that, that has been as much of a culture shift in this program as anything is now guys know they've got the end of the tank every day in practice and they'll get a chance to do that real soon here with preseason camp. It's going to be hot. It was hot today. It's getting hotter and, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun to cover camp and, and we'll have it all for you. Um, for this episode of the junkyard Dogcast, though, that's all we've got big time, big time commitment coming up tomorrow night. Kendall Milton following on uh, CBS sports HQ um, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. I've had with me has been Kip, uh, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from Dogs 24-7. And uh, we appreciate, appreciate you guys listening. Thanks a lot.